0: You're looking good. You're feeling good. You're feeling good. Hey, I'm excited. As Pastor Troy said, we're in week number two of our, uh, what is it? Ready for it? Ready, ready, go, let's go. Heyo, let's do it. Uh, Something like that. We're in this ready for it series, and it's a series about new habits for a new year. And it's still the first part of January. I love this time of year. You roll over the calendar, and you got some new hopes. We're still in that season where I hope that you still have some new hopes, For 2018. And the idea behind this series is uh, how do we actually connect those hopes to some habits that can change some things? Because hope is great. Hope is a motivator. Hope will give you the courage to take a first step into what God has for your life. Hope is important. But how many know we often have some sky level hopes, but some ground level habits? And so, what we're talking about in this series is some really basic. Bible based habits that can help take us into a life change. So this series is all about new habits for a new year habits. I'm thankful for how our brains got wired you um, like fantastically. Well, he made you great that your brain actually wants to try and make things simple for you all the time. It wants to take something that you do and create a little bit of a groove, like a little bit of a pathway, and so it becomes easier the next time you do it. I, I like that. I like things to be a little bit easier the next time I do it. So we get these habits, but how many of you would say you've got some weird habits? Like you know you, you, you know what they are. I've got some weird habits. i got to tell you. Uh, I'm going to tell you. Whether you want to know or not, I'm going to tell you a couple of these habits. One of these weird habits I've discovered that I have is that when we get a new brand of shampoo, and trust me, we're trying new stuff all the time, you got to figure out how you're going to keep it to 40, right? And so, or like, Lord willing, 40 plus. But, so I'm always trying the new stuff, you know, whatever kind of chemicals is going to keep my hair. And so, whenever we get a new brand, I just, in the shower, I read the whole thing. I read the, anyone else? You read the whole bottle. Anyone? Am I alone in this? The stuff about not harming bunnies, thank you, Jen. I have one hand in the back. I, I want to know. I want to know, are they ISO? I don't know what ISO means, but are, I see ISO on the bottle. Praise God, they're ISO. You know, like you just, you just read the bottle. I'll read the French. It doesn't make sense to me, but I want to try. You know, I got to read the whole thing. I, I, read, I read shampoo bottles. Um, another weird habit of mine is TV volume. I think some more of you will have this habit. TV volume habit, people, you know the number that you go to. Let me see your hands if you've got a number. Thank you. I knew there'd be more on this one. I, when I turn on a show for the girls, because I need a little daddy, like, hello, save me, Lord Jesus time. You know what I'm saying? Like, my kids are going crazy. Give them screen time. I always go to the number 19. 19 is the kid's number on our TV. Adult number, 45. Kid's number... <laughs> <laughs> Kid's number is 19. If I get to 18, you know, as I'm scrolling up and it stops there, I just got to give it that extra little tap. I got to get to 19. The difference between 18 and 19, 20 and 19, no difference. But I'm always going to go to 19 just because one day I put it on 19. I was like, that sounds good. And so my brain was just like, 19 your jam. Stay on 19. Our brain does this for us. So we get habits. And the point of this series is that when God wants to change your life, he's actually not just gonna start with your behaviors, he's gonna start with with what's behind those behaviors. Like he's got to get into your habits, he's gotta go a little deeper than just like a one-day shift. We've got to change our habits, and that's what this series is all about. Last week we, we kicked off the series, we talked about uh habit number one was putting God first, putting God First, And if you remember, we said if God is in your life, but he's not first in your life, he's not in your life. Because God will only take one seat, and it's seat number uno, seat number one. God is not interested in seat number two in our lives. As a service guy. Someone gave me a gift this morning. Praise the Lord. Let me see what this is. Maybe a note. I hope it's from Rach. <laughs> hmm. I will do that, babe. Yeah, later. Um, we can... <laughs> Go on a date later. Praise you, Jesus. Um, that was years though, wasn't it? Like, I'm not crazy. I know it's in my Bible at all times. People don't, don't think I'm crazy up here. I know. Like, I read this morning. I knew what was in here. Where was I? Habits for a new year. God, you know, last week, habits. Habit number one, put God first. We said, if God is first in your life, you'll have peace in your life. But if God is not first in your life, there is always going to be some degree that things are disordered in your life. That was habit number one. This morning, we're talking about habit number two, these things that if we'll press into them will bring about a life change. And I just wanna say kind of before we get to habit number two, if you're here this morning and you're like, you know what? I would just like 2018 to look the same as 2017. Like, let's just keep it smooth, no changes. I don't want anything to get better. I'm just pretty sure 2018 looking like 2017 would be kind of what I would want. I would just say, don't come to the series. You know, like, it's not really gonna be for you. This series is for you if you're saying, I actually want something different in my life this year. I actually need God to stir up in me a little bit anew. I don't know about you, 2017 was good. God did some great things in this place. But I am looking at 2018 and I am crying out to God in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I am hungrier than I want to be because I am desperate to see God do more in this year than I saw last year. And so if you want to see more in this year, it is going to take some new Habits, And I would encourage you, we are being so practical in this series. We are laying out a whole bunch of practical next steps that you can take in creating some new habits. Just latch on to as many as you can. Just latch on to as many as you possibly can. Habit number two this morning is simply this, that we need to change our thinking. We need to change our thinking. When God wants to change you, he doesn't simply start By giving you some new ways to act. He starts in your thinking. This is what the Bible says. Romans chapter 12. I I love this verse. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. When God wants to change your life, he actually doesn't start with your behaviors. He starts with the way that you think. And so we need to change the way that we think about things. You see, a lot of times we think that the way we feel in our lives is really the result of either our behavior or other people's behaviors. But there's more to the story than that. What we feel in our lives, it starts with an action. Somebody else doing something else around us. There's an action or us doing something. There's an action. And then there's what we think about that action. And then the third step is what we feel, what we end up feeling. So there's an action, and then you've got a thought about that, and it might be conscious or unconscious, you might not be aware of the thought, but you have a thought about what just happened, and then you've got a feeling. And how many know the most important thing is not what's going on around you? The most important thing is not how you feel about what's going on around you. Actually, the most important of those three things is what your thoughts are about what just happened. That's the reason why there's stories told and movies made uh, about people who have endured things far greater than you and I have ever had to walk through. Things like a concentration camp. And they've been able to walk out on the other side with still some hope. In fact, there's the one story about a guy who was able to forgive those that did that uh, to him. And he was able to walk out. And how did he walk out with hope? Because he said, you can take my life, but, but no one can touch my hope. You can take everything away from me, but you can't touch what's inside of me the way I think. Now, when God wants to change your life, he's not going to deal with the surface. He wants to change the way that we think. When I was, um, when I was a, a younger lad, um, I started out in my career, I wanted to be a musician. And so I was pursuing music and trying to get gigs, and um, that was just my jam. and, and I remember this one opportunity I had. I had to play with a, I got a a job through a friend of a friend. He kind of referred me um, so that I could be a part of this little tour that an R&B band from Chicago uh, was doing, and so I got the call, and then they flew me down to Chicago, and I remember the feeling, like, I was pretty sure that my friend, first of all, these guys in this R&B band, they were all black, um, and they were the coolest guys I'd ever met, and there's just something, I don't know what it is, I don't want to be stereotypical, but in general, let's be honest, black people do R&B better than white people. It's just like a general kind of like life rule. If you're white, you know, no offense, but whatever, right? Like black people do R&B better. And so I was pretty sure that my friend, who was a, a black drummer, had told them that I was white. But when I stepped off the plane and I saw the looks on their face, I realized he hadn't told them how white I was. <laughs> <laughs> I see them start to like tuck away that little sign that says Shane Johnston on it, you know? It's like <laughs> When someone hires you to do a job and you walk in and the look on their face is like this is not going to go well. We've got Conan O'Brien as the bass player in our R&B band. We've got a problem. This drummer that had tipped me to the gig and he was playing on the gig as well. He was a phenomenal drummer. He's gone on to do amazing things actually in his in his career as a musician. Um, and, uh, I remember one day he said to me, he was like, man, you're a real good musician and you've got to start thinking like you're a good musician. In other words, like there's some ability that you've got that you're thinking is just stunting. So when Paul writes to the church in Rome, He says, Listen, don't don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. God wants to change your thinking. You know, I actually believe what he's saying to us is this the world around you is trying to stunt your thinking. The world around you is trying to say, Hey, you need to live like this. It's trying to bring you down to its way of thinking this is the way you should behave this is what's important in this life this is how you should live your life when God wants to bring a life change to you he doesn't just say no stop acting that way he actually elevates your thinking when he wants you to bring you from where you are out of the world into his best he actually starts at the place what he wants to do is he wants to change your mind about what actually matters that's God's heart and that's God's desire for you this morning He wants to take you from just sky-level hopes. He wants to elevate and give you some thoughts that are gonna bring up now your habits. And so the second of these habits is to change our thinking. I wanna talk three practical things this morning, three practical ways that we can change our thinking, three ways we can change our thinking. First way we can change our thinking, if we're gonna change our inside thinking, is number one, we're gonna need some outside help from God if I wanna change inside, my thinking inside, I need some outside help from God. And there's a couple ways that God gives us outside help. Really what we need is his thoughts. This is what the Bible says about the thoughts of God. In fact, it's, it's God speaking. And he says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's like, he's saying to us, And I think the imagery is important. Your thoughts are here on earth. My thoughts are out with Sandra Bullock in gravity. You know, like they're just, they're that far away from you. There's a chasm between the way that you think and the way that I think. Here's the great thing though. God, how does he get us there to his thoughts? It seems like such a vast divide from our thoughts To God's thoughts. So how does God give us uh, his thoughts? There's a couple ways. The first way that God gives us his thoughts is simply his word. His word. God speaks to us through his word. Last week, uh, the last couple weeks, actually, we handed out um, 21-day prayer guides. And you'll see some of them in the seats around you that there's a a guide for reading your Bible. Just doing one chapter a day over these 21 days. Just jump in with that. In fact, I would encourage some of you, when you are done that guide or maybe you wanna just chew off a little bit more of God's word every day to jump into a one-year Bible reading guide. I, I, it, a one-year guide is about 15 minutes a day. It's a little bit of Old Testament. It's a little bit of New Testament. It's a Psalm and a Proverbs. It's basically like you know a balanced diet in God's word. You get through it in a year. And what I want, if you wanna have a, a one-year guide, we would have handed some out today, but I know that most of you, it's just better to do an electronic version. And so you can just download the Bible app on your phone. Uh, the most popular Bible app uh, inside that has lots of plans. And the number one plan inside it is a one-year plan. Uh, uh, Four kind of areas of scripture to read every day take about 15 minutes. And here's, what, here's the kind of practical tip I want to give you. I think this is important. If you're going to dive into this kind of Bible reading, I think this will help you keep up with it. So that your thoughts can go from ground level to God's level. If you miss a day, don't get legalistic about it. Just move on. You see, because the way, you don't want to go to your Bible every day thinking, oh, I got a lot of catch-up to do. No, you want to go to your Bible every day thinking, God's got a word for me today. And if you miss Mark chapter two this year, don't worry. You're a good little studier. You'll get it next year. Come on, just leave it behind. Move on and stay on point with what God wants to say to you at the start of your day. Don't get caught up. Just move on. Just stay fresh. God wants to speak to you. You know, I think sometimes uh, people will look at someone who, they, it just seems, you know, people, we, I hope we all know people like this, where you look at them, I got people I, I, that I this totally think of people right away that I think, man, I can just see God in your life. Man, when I'm around you, I just, I can feel God in your life. And you know what's different about their lives than than our lives? It's not that they have it easier. It's that their thinking has been shifted from this world to God's thoughts. The Bible says this in Romans chapter eight. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds or their thoughts on the things of the spirit. See the difference between people that they just, they go through life and there's just a, a joy and a peace and a, presence of God on their lives it's not that their lives are simpler or easier it's that their minds are set on the things of God listen to what the Bible says in the next verse it says for to set the mind on the flesh is death but to set the mind on the spirit is what life and say this with me peace see God has peace for your mind God has peace he wants you living in peace oh come on somebody How am I thankful this morning that we serve a God who wants you to have peace in your mind? Oh, I'm so thankful that that's what God has for me. He even tells me how to do it. I need to set my mind, not on my thoughts, but on his thoughts. So i got to start my day in God's words. In fact, I need my first thoughts to be on God. When my alarm goes off in the morning. I've just committed. My first thought is going to be about God. My, my very first thought, before I hit snooze, my very first thought is going to be, thank you, God, you're with me. I, sometimes when I think that, I don't even need snooze. I'm just like, come on, I'm getting up today. I'm just going for it. God, you're with me. God wants to change your thoughts. And one of the ways he takes your thoughts from ground level to God level is through his word. Come on, it's simple, practical teaching, but we need this to start a year second way we go from our inside thinking and to get some outside help from God is, of course, through prayer. Through prayer. Uh, and I want to, I kind of issued a little bit of a challenge to the church last week. I said, uh, give God your first 15 minutes of your day. And I kind of laid it out for you. You know, here's five here and five Uh, how to do that and if you missed that you can go back and check that out I want to some more just real practical tangible stuff how and I want to issue probably one of the biggest challenges I've ever just put out to us as a community I want to I want to encourage all of us that you call Resonate Church your home you're part of this faith community I want to encourage you this week to do seven days without media seven days without media Go. I don't even. I've been even gearing up for it with uh, just basically binging on Instagram as much as I could. Uh, the last few. I knew it was coming. You didn't know. That's fine. Go home. Do an hour and then turn it off. In fact, as a church, we're not going to be posting anything after this afternoon for this week, so that you know, if you see us post, <laughs> you shouldn't have been looking. But it's like we're not going to be posting. <laughs> That would be like no social media and no TV and no online news and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Start after the football games today and cue it back up for the, uh, you know, for the, the playoffs next week. We got the NFC championship, AFC championship, go Eagles. I got to be watching that next week. But till then, it just takes seven days without me. And don't get legalistic about it. It's like, you know, if you can't do it full on, just do as much as you can. And here's how I think that's going to help you. Last week, we talked about giving God your first 15 minutes. But here's how that's going to help you. You know what? I've got this phone. Isn't it, isn't it interesting? I'm up, here, I'm up here preaching. I'm holding a phone. It's like, who's going to call me right now? I just, but I just don't want to leave it down there. You never know. Something might happen. I got, you know, it's, just, it's always so close to us. And so what happens is, when you've got 30 seconds in your day that could be like an actual thought, what do we do? We go on here, and we look at somebody else's thought. What would happen if for 30 seconds we just paused and said, God, what's your thought? Here's the thing. We think, we don't do that. And I think, honestly, maybe we're a bit to blame in the church. Because people have this misconstrued idea that God wants long prayers. I don't know where we got that idea. Listen, I know devotion. I believe there's something that happens when you give yourself some time in the presence of God. So don't get me wrong. I spend... Devoted times in the presence of God every day. But you want to know what will really change your prayer life? Is if you start praying some short prayers. Every time Jesus taught on prayer, he taught short prayers. In fact, he rebuked people that prayed long prayers. He said religious people that were just like blah, 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 blah. That's essentially what he said. It's a little different. It's a different translation. (laughs) He rebuked people that prayed long prayers. You know how Jesus... Raise Lazarus from the dead. He prayed a prayer. You want to know what the prayer was? Lazarus, get up! <laughs> That's a short prayer. Come on, somebody. We need to start. You know, I, you're in the middle of a busy day. God, this this day is real busy. I just want to pause right now and let you know you're first in my life. Now I gotta I gotta run and I gotta do some other stuff. Man, just That's, I honestly think this, with the media fast, some of the big stuff, you know, some of the bigger chunks of time, that's great. You know, we can get some time to press into God's word or press into having a conversation with your wife or your husband. or I talked to, you know, one couple this week. um, Rachel, my Rachel, threw a party on Friday night and had a bunch of women over. And I was hearing from a few of them uh, how they were involved in the fast. And this one, um, this one... A uh, woman, she said, yeah, we're doing a TV fast for 21 days. It's been so amazing. She said, but you know, my husband actually, I don't know if he messaged her or he called her. Or he asked her before he left, but she was like, listen, if you're going out tonight, can, uh, do the rules still apply like if I'm just here by myself? And she's like, of course they apply if I'm here by myself. And he said to her, if they turn on the TV, you better leave the room. <laughs> uh If we need some inside help with our thinking, we need some outside help from God, really practically just in God's word and in prayer. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Man, just again, God's just reiterating the same point, I got peace for your mind, I got peace for your heart. I want you to go through life, not in chaos, but with some order in your life. The world around you is always trying to bring you into some kind of chaos moment. And God is saying, listen, I've got some thoughts for you that are going to be peace to your soul. Here's how you get them. Fix your thoughts on me. Second way that we get some inside changes in our thinking is we need some outside help, not just from God, but we need some outside help from God's people. We need some outside help from people. We all need some people who will stretch our thinking. Man, I'm so thankful that, uh, that I've got Rachel as my wife. She stretch, she's been stretching my thinking every day for 12 years, every single day. Someone in my life that can stretch my thinking. I'm thankful for my Resonate group. I can't wait to, uh, uh, to get going again. I hung up with one of the guys from our group uh, last Friday night, and I was just inspired as I sat with him, and I, I heard him talking about how he wants to, just serve God in His marriage and as a parent and in church and in His career. Just inspired being around this guy. Come on, who do you have in your life that encourages the fire out of you? Who do you have in your life that speaks the best over your life? As Troy said, we're, we're launching, we're opening up the registration for our groups this week. Get in a group. Just dive. Into an atmosphere, because I believe none of us are strong enough to fight off the distractions of the world without a community. I don't think I'm that strong to fight off all the distractions the world throws at me without a community without people who shift my thinking, without people who encourage me, without people who believe the best about me and speak the best about me, but also challenge me when I start to think a little bit off course. Come on, somebody. We need people in our lives who will shift our thinking. So the first way we change our inside thoughts is, of course, God's help. The second way is we need some help from people. And thirdly and and lastly, The way we shift our our thoughts is really we need to begin to think more thoughts about our purpose, our God-given purpose. Kind of elevate from ground-level thoughts to God-level thoughts. One of the ways we do that, one of the ways God carries you there, is when you think about your purpose. One of the things that I think we look around and we see people, you know, that are, of course, all, just miserable all the time and, 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 and really struggling in their thinking. And, and I don't want to make light of. I've, I've gone through severe depression in my life. And I don't want to make light of those sorts of issues. There is an element of, of, being, in, of being miserable that isn't simply though the the stuff that's going on around us that that is actually missing simply thinking about why I'm on the earth. Here let me let me tell you why. I talked about being a musician before. And one of the jobs I had was on a cruise ship. On on this cruise ship we worked 10 hours a week. It was like there's a lot of weeks where, like, you're lucky you see me on Sunday because I'm about to phone up Carnival Cruise Lines and be like, "You still got a job, right? Like, are you okay? Can I come back? What's the flight n- number? I'm ready." Um, but don't worry, I'm, I'm not going back because you know why? I know why I'm on the planet. But here's the thing: the 10-hour band, 10-hour band. We're we're basically going to a different beach every day. And we have our dream job. You grow up, the reason we all wanted to be musicians is it was our our dream job. And I'm working with a group of musicians on this ship and every one of them was miserable. And I'm like, what? Why is everybody so miserable? Someone makes your bed every day. (laughs) Like there's like a whole brick of brie cheese available to you every day for lunch the matter with you this place is paradise And I, I began to realize at that point in my life that one of the things that keeps pe- miserable people miserable is that just not you get when you get what you thought would make you happy and you realize it didn't make you happy it makes you miserable and so what we need to replace in our minds is what do I think is gonna make me happy replace that thought with why am I on the earth That's one of the reasons why the journey that we wanna take you on as a church, we are not about Sundays. We are about taking you on a journey. And I say this with all of my heart. I believe if you will dive in and engage with the journey of this house, you'll experience a life change. Are we perfect? No. But if you dive into the journey that we wanna lead you on as a church, come on, if you were to do our next steps, if you were to get into a group, if you were to join the dream team, listen, you actually will experience a life Change why the journey we want to take you on the centerpiece when we go through next steps is that you would discover your purpose. It's not because we need help in kids' ministry, it's not because we need more people on stage. We are bent on you discovering why God puts you on the earth. Listen, the thing that you might be good at might even be something that we're not yet doing. Don't worry about it. Just dive into what we currently are doing and out of that place of serving, allow God to elevate you into the thing he's called you to do. I know there's dreams that have yet to be dreamed, but still jump on the path that exists. Start doing something for purpose with your life. Because honestly, the thing that keeps us stuck sometimes is miserable is we're not thinking about why we're on the planet. You could be working 10 hours a day with a a brick of brie cheese and someone made your bed and be miserable because you don't know why you're on the planet. (laughs) If you, you know, come on, if you're going to do it, just just dive right in. Let's just, just help that out. Come on, come on. It's not for me, it's for Jesus in this place. It's for Jesus in this place. 2018, we can't do it on our own. We can't take our thinking from where it is to where God wants it to be. We need God's help. Even you coming in here today and you hearing a message from me, That's only a part way of where God wants to take you today. See, God's got this rest of the way that he wants to do by his spirit in your heart. So for the remainder of the service, we're just going to press into the presence of God. I want to read to you some declarations that I make in my own personal prayer life. And this is just the last part of the practical ideas for what you could begin to engage in with at the start of this year and some new habits. These are some daily declarations, and I wanna give credit where credit is due. These, um, some of these were not written by me. In fact, um, three pastors that I really look up to a lot, Pastor Craig Groeschel, Pastor Chris Hodges, Pastor Rick Warren, all of them speak God's word over their lives on a regular basis. And so I've just looked at some stuff that they've written put some of my own ideas into it and put together some daily declarations for my own life. And then I've put this up on our website. And so if you just scroll down on the homepage to 21 Days of Prayer, uh, there's a little link there to declarations. And I just want to read these over you and speak them over my own life. But you might just want to, in this moment, Again, we've only come right now the distance of just some simple words from me, but in these next few moments, I'm really believing that God is gonna shift you into a new place by the power of his Holy Spirit. Come on, my words can only get so far, but God wants to move you today by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as I speak these words, I wanna encourage you to begin to believe them over your own life. You might even wanna close your eyes and just begin to, to say, not, just to kind of nod along with me in your own heart, say that's what I'm saying for my own life. These are my daily declarations, Jesus, you're first in my life, and I exist to serve and glorify you. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. I love my wife and will lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I'll nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for his kingdom than they could ever imagine. I'm anointed, empowered, equipped, and called to reach people who are far from God. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day in my life. I love people, I believe the best about others. I nurture, develop, and empower leaders. Since my past is forgiven, I've got purpose for living and I refuse to waste any more time or energy on shallow living, petty thinking, hurtful, resenting, or faithless worrying. Instead, I'll magnify God, grow to maturity, serve in ministry, and fulfill my calling. I'm anointed, creative, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I won't be captivated by culture, manipulated by critics, motivated by praise, frustrated by problems, debilitated by temptation, or intimidated by the devil. When times get tough and I get tired, I won't back up, back down, or backslide. I'm gonna keep moving forward by God's grace. I am a trophy of God's grace, so I will be gracious to everyone, grateful for today, and generous with everything God entrusts to me. Because this life is preparation for the next, I will value worship over wealth, we over me, character over comfort, service over stoutness, and people over possessions, position, or pleasures. To my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I say whenever, wherever, and however, my advanced answer is yes. Then on that final day, I will hear you say, well done, good and faithful one. Come on in, and let the eternal party begin. Come on church, would you stand here your feet with me all over the room?